welcome to the Nutrition Rundown Podcast. My name is Jesse Rich. I'm an ultra runner and nutritionist. I work primarily with runners and their nutrition, and especially race day nutrition. So this topic is a fun one and an important one, and that is whether or not foods or gels are the best option for you during your ultra marathon race. Now, when I say foods, I'm primarily talking about whole foods like fruits and vegetables, and also foods like bread and peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter sandwiches. These type of options are food options. On the other hand are energy gels, which are more processed, and they come in packages that are easy to open, and they're primarily liquid consistency. A little bit (laughs) gel-like, hence the name. Some are more on the liquid side, some are thicker. So we'll get into whether or not foods or gels or both are best for you. Now, this isn't the type of episode where there's an obvious answer. There's no right or wrong. This is simply going off of my experience, which trust me, I've been through a lot of terrible experiences. And if you have run ultramarathon races, you have likely experienced the agony of figuring out your race day nutrition. So my only goal in this episode is to hopefully help you figure out how to get through those moments of, of difficult decisions. And if you have not run an ultra marathon race before, I hope that these guidelines will help you so you feel a bit more confident going into your very first race on your nutrition plan. So let's get right into it. Foods are going to be mostly at aid stations, and you can carry your food. However, the first con that comes up with food is it's hard to carry. A lot of the food is going to take up more in your pack. It's going to take up more space. And if you're relying on aid stations and the foods they have there, they may not always have the foods you enjoy or that you've trained with. So you either have to carry a heavier pack with more volume taken up by these foods, or you're somewhat relying on aid stations and what they can provide to you, which can lead to very poor outcomes. That's the first con of foods. One of the pros of foods is they have vitamins, minerals, fiber, water, antioxidants, especially those whole foods like fruits, and they can help with digestion. And when I say help with digestion, they can slow your gastric emptying. Now, typically we want fast gastric emptying when we're racing. We want as many carbohydrates to get through our system as we can. However, too fast can make us sick, specifically give us diarrhea. So if we're already sick or feeling that coming on, something like a sandwich or something like a potato can help us slow down that gastric emptying and stabilize our stomach. So it can be a good option if you sense something's coming on, Or if you're already sick and you just cannot take down any more of those gels, that's a good option. Another good pro of foods is it changes up the flavor in your mouth. Gels are not the most tasty thing in the world. If you were to just hang out at your house and do nothing and not run or just sit around, you likely wouldn't choose to eat a gel. They're not the most tasty. There are a few that I would not mind having as a snack but they're not the most delicious. They're effective at delivering carbohydrates, but the flavor is not the best. When you're just sick of those gels or you're just wanting a change in texture and flavor, foods are a great option. There's a lot of different things you can eat. 
you know, again, going whole foods, whether that's fruits or potato and then just normal processed foods, you can do again, bread or crackers or candy, whatever you like and whatever you're craving, those options are there as, as a nice backup. Another issue with the whole foods con here is that you just need a lot of them to hit your carbohydrate goals, right? So if you aren't a nutritionist, it's hard to make the math. And I don't know all the macronutrient composition of, of everything, but I do know a banana has 20 grams of carbohydrates. If you aren't keeping track of those foods, those various foods with various different carbohydrate content, you may be either getting really behind. Well, you will be getting really behind because the reality is hitting something like 80 to 100 grams of carbs per hour through food is near impossible. Whole food, especially because it has that fiber, that fruit is going to be high volume and fiber. So if I wanted to get, say, 80 grams of carbohydrates with just bananas, which are on the very high end of carbohydrates in those foods, it's kind of at the top of carbohydrate load per serving. It is going to take me four bananas per hour to hit 80 grams of carbohydrates. Now, again, if you're running really fast and you're imagining trying to eat four bananas per hour, not only is it not practical, but your stomach just can't handle that kind of volume. If we're looking at something like dates, you know, that, that is a high concentration of carbohydrate as well, but it's a dried fruit. You're, you're reducing the volume a little bit and you're keeping the carbohydrates up. Dried fruit is a great option for condensed carbohydrate load with lower volume, but you're also missing out on the hydration, the water. So when you eat something like a date, unless you're chasing it down with a significant amount of water, that could cause some GI distress as well. Keeping track of your carbs with foods is really hard to do, and hitting the numbers that you want is really hard to do. They can be great for a backup plan if you're feeling nauseous or if you've already been sick. They can really help stabilize your stomach. They are a bit heavier and voluminous again, so carrying them in your pack isn't as practical as gels and other sports products. That's my riff on foods. Let's get into gels. Gels are pretty new to the scene. They were invented and produced first in 1986 in the UK and in the US not till 1994 when Goo started releasing their products. So it is fairly new that we're using these gels in our training and racing. So it's been a steep learning curve for us to understand how these work and how to implement them. Most gels are very simple sugars with some water and some flavor, and they come in small packets that are easy to open. These type of products, energy gels, are great for various reasons. They pack a punch when it comes to carbohydrate load. One gel can have anywhere from you know, as low as 10 grams of carbohydrate per serving to, I believe, highest on the market these days is 50 grams per pack. So 
they do have a variability to the, the carbohydrate concentration, but it's on a package. So you get to actually monitor your carbohydrate intake a little easier with gels. You can, you can read the pack, you, you plan before, you can set them aside and set them up for each hour so you know exactly how many carbohydrates you're getting per hour. So that makes it a little bit easier. Because they're smaller, it's going to be much easier to take in your pack or waistband as well. They're just not going to take up as much room, and the carbohydrate load is a great bang for your buck. You can cram a lot of these guys in your pack without having to worry about a drop bag for, for a long period of time. And you don't need to rely on the aid stations as much. You can just have your own gels, the brand that you like, the brand that seems to work for you the best. You can just rely on yourself and not those aid stations. So gels in that sense, the less volume, higher concentration of carbohydrates are definitely pros. Some of the cons of gels is that it is a high concentration of carbohydrate. That's a pro and a con. Not everybody can handle 60 to 100 grams of carbohydrates per hour. That doesn't sit well with a lot of people. That either takes training your gut and adjusting to that, or some people just can never really tolerate that much. Another thing with these gels is that because it's such a high amount of carbohydrate at once, it can cause your blood sugar to go on a roller coaster. You can have a huge hit of energy and then later feel a bit of a crash. So you consistently have to be taking in these gels so that you don't have these crashes. And if you're having stomach issues, then you can definitely start to feel low on energy. So just be aware that with gels, you can have a big burst of energy and then suddenly feel totally drained. Blood sugar, maintaining it and keeping it steady is much easier to do with food than with gels. If you're somebody that's very reactive to glucose and fructose or whatever immediate sugar or other option that you're using, if you're very reactive to that, it may be hard to sustain a full race with, with gels. Those are some of the pros and cons with gels. Again, it can take practice to get used to them. They're not something you typically want to eat. They're not a delicious snack. The taste gets old after a while, flavor fatigue sets in. Another con there is that you just will get sick of the same thing over and over again. Funny enough, that's also a pro. When your stomach is used to something and you've trained with something for so long, you can kind of just stick with the same thing. You can rely on it working throughout the whole day. And because it's less volume, less fiber, easier on your GI system, other than those carbs that might hit you, you can reliably be running with that for a longer period of time. Now, here's the caveat to all these points is it depends on the distance. Ultra marathons are anything over 26.2 miles or the marathon up to multiple days. Can you rely on gels for even over 100 miles? That's that's the debate. We've seen many pros stick with one single product for a whole 100-mile race, but we don't see that happening in something like a 200-mile race. In 200-mile races, we're seeing a much larger implementation of foods because you cannot sustain these efforts for that long without, one, getting more calories in per hour than you normally would in racing, 
And two, without those vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that you need if you're going longer than a day. You need those vitamins and minerals. You need to stay healthy and nourished if you're out there for prolonged periods of time. So you'll see a transition from 100 miles and even a lot of times in 100 miles, there is a lot of incorporation of foods. On the pro side, not as much, even up to 100 miles. But once you pass that 100 mile distance, you're going to see a lot more of the top end runners, pro runners, using food more often for those reasons. They just have to get the calories in. And they're not always focusing on just high carb. They're also thinking about high fat, high protein, getting those macronutrients, all three of them in as much as they can to sustain those longer efforts is okay. Let's be honest, you're going to be in a major caloric deficit for any race that's an ultra. But if you're going for multiple days, you're going to burn out very fast in that huge caloric deficit. It's amazing to see what people can do. You know, some people can eat up to 400 calories per hour, but more or less you're burning 1,000 calories per hour. So even though you're only consuming or you're consuming up to 400 calories and your, your stomach can handle that, that's still a 600-calorie deficit per hour. Yes, you can get away with that in a 100-mile race, sure. But a 250-mile race, there's no chance. You have to do your best to get all the calories in that you can. And that may require taking breaks, having meals planned, having things ready to eat. And going back to the food, whole foods like fruit and potatoes are great, but you also want to concentrate on foods that are like soups, easily digestible foods, soups and broths and crackers. These kind of things are great options, not only to make you feel better and less sick, but these are almost borderline on gel and food. We want to find those foods that are almost as easy to digest as a gel. So the more liquid, the better. But also we need to worry about the carbohydrate concentration. So when you're working with foods, if you're exclusively working with foods, which I've tried as a nutritionist, I think it's important. I understand both sides of this argument. And I've tried both in a race. I've tried just one and I've tried just the other. And what I've found is I, I thrive off a of balance of both. I like to have some bars that have a little bit of protein in them that, yes, are processed but have minimal ingredients. And then I like to have some liquid calories and some gels. At aid stations, I'll have very little of those whole foods. I might have watermelon or banana, some of those nice fruits maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, maybe a little bit of broth. But overall, I'm relying on very basic foods that are simple, and I'm trying to reduce the amount of variety of foods. Now, depending on the person, variety can be a good thing. That's where this gets complicated. I like to have just a few, maybe five or six foods I'm eating throughout the day, and then you know, a few different products when it comes to gels and liquid calories. Some people just want to stick with one product, and some people need 10. Thinking about the distance is super important to start. 50K distance, breathing really hard, going up and down, your stomach is jostling nonstop, high intensity. I would rely mostly on gels for those type of efforts. 
you do not need the foods and the nourishment that comes from those foods for four to five to six hours. Probably okay using primarily gels and liquid calories. Above 50K to 50 miles, probably still okay with mostly gels and liquid calories. If you get past 50 miles, that's where it can get a little tricky. That's where stomach upset can really start to kick in. And that's when it could be good to here and there throughout aid stations or carrying something with you to have a little treat that is not just a gel that can help freshen up your palate. You may not get sick of your gels as fast and you can continue to keep those calories. So in conclusion, do not use food as hitting all your carbohydrate needs. It simply won't happen. You need to incorporate gels or powders in liquid form that you add into water to hit your carbohydrate needs. Do not rely on food at aid stations. You don't know what's going to be there. You don't know what the people in front of you have taken already. And it's kind of a pain to carry all those heavy foods. So that's probably not advisable to have 10 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in your pack. You're going to be adding a lot of weight to your pack. And if you're trying to be as fast as possible, that's tough to do. And whole foods and food generally will not be that helpful for something like a 50K. If you're on the faster end, if you're taking 10 plus hours, it may be beneficial to have some food along the way. Longer distances, the more the food applies, I believe. It can help stabilize your stomach. Gels have a place for speed, making sure you're hitting your carbohydrate numbers every hour. Gels will help you do that. They will give you that high carbohydrate load and they're easy to eat. They're easy to digest for the most part. Beware that you could have those blood sugar spikes and drops. That's just part of how gels work. Most people respond that way and you can get used to that. You can train yourself to be okay with that. Those are the pros and cons, I think, of both. Maybe a little bit of both works best. Maybe the majority gel, less food could work best. It really just depends on you. And the best way to figure this out is through training. Train with these different foods as much as you can to see what works best for you. That's all I have for today. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions. What has worked best for you? I'd be super curious to know. Thanks for joining. Until next time, eat smart, run fast.